murder and gold. In the summer of 1968, an American family named Clark, living in England, rented a very old house in the town of Winchelsea near the Channel. The house was rumored to be haunted, but the Clarks moved in anyway, insisting that they did not believe in such things. Immediately, the Clarks set about doing some remodeling as they were avid do-it-yourselfers. One of their plans was to cut a hole in the wall dividing the living room from the kitchen, a difficult job because of the thickness of the walls. The night after the hole was finally made, Mr. Clark awoke at about two in the morning because he thought he heard hammering downstairs. Sleepily taking a flashlight, he went down to investigate. To his shocked surprise, he saw the face of an old, gaunt-looking man staring at him through the hole from the kitchen side. When he recovered sufficiently to demand who the intruder was, he was again surprised to be told point-blank, My name is John Aird. I was murdered in this house 465 years, nine months, and three days ago, and buried in the garden. Clark listened in utter amazement as the apparition continued. There could be no doubt that it was a ghost, because as his eyes became accustomed to the dim light, he could see that the figure was shadowy and indistinct. Besides, the voice was indescribably strange, as if it came from inside his own head. The ghost said that he had lived in a house in the nearby town of Tenterden, and added that his wife and children never knew what had become of him. He went on to say that while alive, he had hidden a quantity of gold in the cellar of the Tenterden house, and that Clark must help to dig it up and turn it over to the ghost's descendants, who now resided in the neighboring town of Rye. When the American tried to beg off, the ghost was adamant and warned that the Clarks would have no peace unless they cooperated. Mr. Clark reluctantly agreed, jotted down the address of the house in Tenterden where the gold was supposed to be buried, and promised to meet the ghost there the following night. The figure thereupon receded into the darkness and vanished. Still slightly skeptical, but somewhat shaken, Mr. Clark went back upstairs, and after considerable tossing and turning, back to sleep. Although by the next day he was half convinced that the whole thing had been a dream, Mr. Clark and his wife called on the people living in the house at Tenterden and told them the story. They were completely fascinated by it and agreed to help recover the gold and turn it over to the ghost's living descendants, if it indeed turned up in their house that night. That night, the Clarks had dinner with Mr. and Mrs. Featherstone, the tenants of the house, and when nothing happened by eleven o'clock, they all decided to drop the whole thing. Suddenly, there was a knock on the front door. They remained silent while Mr. Featherstone went to the door. Before he could open it, he was stopped in his tracks. The ghost materialized there before them and calmly explained to the startled quartet that since he was expected, the polite thing to do was knock before entering. He appeared completely undisturbed by the electric lights that were burning, and though he looked terribly pale, he seemed quite solid. After slightly strained introductions were made, the ghost of John Aird led the Clarks and the Featherstones to the cellar, where he pointed to a spot in a far, darkly lit corner. Using a pickaxe and a crowbar, they managed, after several hours, to remove a few bricks, behind which they found a niche just big enough to contain a small wooden chest with iron bands around it. When they tried to remove it, the badly decayed wood disintegrated and out-cascaded a shower of gold coins 
bearing the likeness of King Henry VII, who reigned during Aird's lifetime. The ghost smiled benignly and declared, Keep each of ye ten pieces of gold for thy trouble, but deliver the rest to mine rightful descendants, that I may sleep in peace. With that, he vanished. His instructions were followed, and it was just as well. The family in question was in serious financial trouble, and this fantastic windfall enabled them to solve their problem. The Clarks and the Featherstones kept one gold piece each as a memento, and turned the rest over to the museum, for which they were handsomely compensated in cash by the British government. <laughs>